0: the Paint Rest Repeat podcast with Ros Gervais and
1: Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy.
0: We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another
1: episode of the Paint Rest Repeat podcast. What's happening in your world, Laura? Are you excited about our episode today? I am because we're distilling like more information going from like the previous episode that we had a chat together with.
0: So in episode 40, we talked about how to step things up in your art practice so that you can build the art lifestyle that you dream of and that you desire. So if you haven't listened to that, feel free to go back and tune in to episode 40. But today we're sort of deep diving into one area that we mentioned in that particular episode. And we're going to be talking about how to create a volume of work, how to find your style and how to find your identity as an artist. So before we did, we dive in, though, Laura and I really wanted to introduce ourselves because we are aware that sometimes we have new listeners who haven't listened to our full catalogue of um, episodes. So if this is your first time listening, my name is Roz and this is my co-host, Laura. Laura's waving. Also, if you are listening in podcast land, our episodes are available over on YouTube as well. And if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, you can go and also listen to us over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you tune in. So we started this podcast because we are passionate about inspiring creatives by having real conversations about our experiences as practicing artists. Does that sound about right?
1: Yeah. So we also wanted to do a little intro on ourselves as well, if, if it is your first time here. Our podcast is growing, which is really exciting, and we would like to share a bit more about ourselves. So my purpose for following a creative path is I love working with women who are on a healing journey and I love inspiring them to use art for their own personal transformation. And I know Roz has a slightly different sort of mission. And did you want to tell the listeners about you?
0: Yeah, I would love to really quickly because these are are what are called elevator pictures. And if you don't have one, by the way, you do need to work on it. So here's my elevator pitch and feel free to send me a DM and let me know how you rate it. Are you ready? My name is Rose Gervais and I help creative women to realize their potential and build a fulfilling art life that they love. I think that sounds pretty great to me. Thank you. I shall practice a little bit more, but it is good. Like On the topic of elevator pitches, it is a really good idea to have a super short sentence that you can share with people about your art, yours, your, um, our listeners, their elevator pictures might not be the same as ours. Ours are more related about sur- to service. So yours would be more about actual art making and the type of art that you make, who you want to collect your art, for example. But, yeah, a lot of value in that. Anyway, that was a side note.
1: It was. So we're talking about developing style, contemplating who you are as an artist refining your technique. And yeah, as we said before, we're sort of digging deeper on a previous conversation on episode 40. So go back and have a listen to that if you're interested to know what we're referring to, if you haven't listened to it already. So why is it important to refine your style as an artist, Roz? Oh, to refine
0: your style. So you want to be making art that is recognisable as yours. I would say that is the main reason. There are, I do talk about this a lot. Um, there are also a lot of sort of hangups, I suppose, and mindset blocks around that for many people who don't want to be narrowed. You know, they don't want to stop their creativity. They don't want to be boxed. They don't want to have all of those hurdles sorry, they have these hurdles that are stopping them from finding their style, Uh, but it is important. So I feel like it's important to work through those hurdles so that you can find your style and then build your art practice based on that style. That's my take.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really great. That self-discovery and and really, because there's so much information and, you know, visual things coming into into our lives through our phones and wherever we (laughs) get inspiration from. So yeah, figuring out who you are is really important. Just getting like some clarity and direction as well. So I guess we're talking about sort of hitting your stride as an artist, building that confidence, sort of going from that learning phase into your real, true, authentic expression as an artist and we're sort of talking about like the ways that you can do that and we're sort of distilling some advice or suggestions or the formula what would you call it recipe <laughs> recipe or the steps i would say even in this
0: instance for this particular episode i feel like it's more the steps that you need to take in order to yeah to get to that point where you're where you're happy with your art and you know your identity as an artist And you found your voice because we, I mean, we have had a few questions recently about what do you do with all of those online art courses that you've got and you might have a lineup of them and you want to do them, but is that actually your voice? And, you know, so this is all about finding your voice, your style sounds like it's just aesthetic, but voice is a bit deeper than that. It includes, you know, the message you want to convey through your art and the impact you want your art to have on the wider world. So, yeah, so I think it's really important to be, to find your, find that voice, find your identity and start to develop some confidence as well in your identity. And then also to develop some routines and things like that. So you can create work at, in some sort of a volume as well. So yeah. So who's this episode for, do you think, Laura?
1: So people that might want to sell their work, commercialize their artworks. They might not have made any art sales yet. Maybe they are just starting out, but they have a desire to sort of make a career or sort of progress their art in some way, whether it's selling online or getting into galleries, getting a retailer, hosting an exhibition. Like there's so many different avenues, even getting into art teaching. There's something obviously calling their heart to this creative practice. And they're wanting to dedicate themselves more to this uh, creative lifestyle and following that path that maybe they've seen other creative women uh, making careers out of it, making money from their art. So, yeah, I'd say that it's aspiring artists or emerging artists, even if you don't call yourself an artist yet, a creative person. What would you say, Roz?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So, a creative person that's wanting to make more out of their art. How's that? They might not have another job at all, but they're wanting to make some money out of their art, or maybe they're wanting to transition into art for work, or maybe they're just wanting to, you know, dip their toe in the water and see what might be possible from their art. So, if you resonate with any of this, this is your episode and we'd also love to connect with you by the way. So, do drop us a DM over on Instagram. Don't be shy. We are real people and we love to support you on your journey and your real journey. So, yeah, definitely drop us a little message. Just say hi. Listen to Episode 42. It was great. You should definitely tell us that. (laughs) What do you reckon, Laura? Compliment, compulsory compliment.
1: (laughs) Compulsory. (laughs) Compulsory compliment.
0: Hello, hello, it's Roz here. I just had to interrupt our episode to let you know about my free Facebook community for creatives. Yes, yes, I know it's on Facebook and Facebook does have its downsides, but it is a great way to meet other creatives and join communities of like-minded people. So if you would like to join our group, you are so incredibly welcome and we cannot wait to meet you. Come and search for us under permission to paint free community. See you there.
1: Anyway, shall we dive in? Yeah, I know we need to dive in. So uh, my question to you, Roz, for those people. I'm a Pisces. That's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So random. So my question to you, Roz. So for people that are wanting to turn up the dial on their professional practice, studio practice, what advice would you have? Like, Does it happen overnight? Does it happen immediately or does it take more time? Like, what would you say to that person?
0: It is a long and very rewarding journey. That is what I would say. It's a long and really rewarding and worthwhile journey. And there are lots of bumps in that road. And it is worth all the effort because if you know that's what's going to fulfill you, then it's worth the effort. So, I think the number one step though, the number one thing, if you're trying to turn up that dial and especially in regards to finding your style and your identity as an artist is setting that intention. So having an intention for your ambitions, you know, for your art practice, or for your art making sessions, what is the intention here? Like broadly, you know, stepping back, what is your big intention here? What do you think? You're good at intention setting.
1: Yeah. If people a bit confused about that word intention, just think of it like a wish. So you're being like, there's a call of the heart. There's some sort of wish that you're wanting to fulfill. And I think a really useful exercise for intention setting is actually doing some journaling on that and figuring out like, why is it important to you and the purpose behind it? So when writing it down, you want to phrase that in a positive. So you like want to make space for more creative time, or I really want to turn my creative practice into a profession. So I will rather than I won't. Uh, But it's also an interesting exercise to do some journaling on what you don't want in your life and what you do want. But when you're sort of setting intentions, you want to phrase it in that, that positive example of like, I will create 20 artworks for a exhibition, or I will develop a, a workshop and inspire other women through art, or I will set up my online shop, whatever it
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loving that. And I'm thinking of some of the members of my Art for the Heart community, who are inquiring at the moment about art portfolios. So an intention for that might be I will find or develop a sense of my style and my artistic voice and create my first art portfolio with 10 artworks that have the same sort of, you know, energy to them. You know, so an intention can be a specific goal, I think, wouldn't you say? We're not really talking about goal setting, but it, it can be. It can. There is some sort of a crossover there.
1: Yeah, it's your why and that purpose behind why you're wanting to follow a creative path. If we're talking about figuring out who you are as an artist and developing your style, it's really just about creating like a, a lot of work, isn't it?
0: And the lifestyle as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Creating that art lifestyle and that art routine so that you can feel confident that you you are an artist you know you can claim that title with confidence so that's number 1 we have a few a few we have a few steps don't we here
1: yeah yeah so if you're wanting to set up that practice and dedicate yourself to your art and you sort of want to take it to the next step and you know it to become a professional practice a professional creative practice like we're taking things a bit more seriously at this point We've labeled it practical prioritization. That's
0: it. So actually prioritizing this. So once you've set your intention, obviously that means that you are prioritizing that. So you're putting your art practice as a top priority in your life. And then you've got to then make practical steps to actually make that happen, right? So an intention is sort of in big goal floaty land sort of thing. And then you've got to move into the actual practical side of things. So it might be like creating an art routine and might be doing some time blocking and might be having some boundaries for yourself and also people around you. Laura talks as well often about maybe getting some babysitting for the kiddos or booking them into after school care two days a week. And there's a lot of a lot of different things like that that you do need to do to actually be able to take action on your intention. But before um, I throw over to you, Laura, I just want to say it is really important to take these um, steps as gentle steps. Don't go setting yourself up for failure. Don't go saying that you're going to paint every single day, even, you know, even after the kids are home from school, for example, because that is just a recipe for stress and it's a recipe of feeling for feeling like a failure. So let's be realistic here. And make gentle steps in the direction that you choose. I was gonna say in the right direction, but there's no, you know, there's no such thing as right really. I'm just saying the direction that you choose. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, we're really talking about creating new habits, isn't it? So it's it's about showing up, trying not to be too rigid or perfectionist about it, and also not beating yourself up if you don't, you know, fulfill like your big aspirations. I remember when I was Preparing my work for my solo exhibition, I'd write in my diary painting day. And you know, you sort of think, oh, like you've got the whole day to create these amazing masterpieces. And sometimes I would just like show up for one, one and a half hours and I'd have my painting session and then that was it for the day. And sometimes that small block of time was so much more productive than having like like a whole you know window open of a day to create from so yeah i think it's helpful if you do put the appointment in your diary but it's also yeah about your prioritization over different things in your life so maybe you could skip like binge watching tv on a sunday morning and spend that one or two hours in your creative space, whatever that creative space looks like.
0: And if you're like me and you are allergic to bookings in your diary, like if you if you carve out time in your diary and it says art practice time or studio time, and that is just a turn off because you just refuse to do whatever you're told to do, you can do little things to trick yourself so you can set alarms. I heard this great idea. You can set alarms for yourself with a voice message from yourself saying, go and paint now. <laughs> <laughs> so there's ways to trick yourself to actually do it. So and again, you know, we talk about helping artists to find their voice and find their identity as an artist and that includes working out where you have little challenges on the pathway. So if you are like that, your job is to find the way to solve that problem and how are you going to make yourself do the work, you know? So
1: it's about like sort of structuring structuring your life and even talking to the people within your household or the people around you and sort of communicating to them that this is important to you. You want to spend so many hours uh, per week doing your creative practice. It could be one or two hours, or it could be like every evening or whatever it is, just sort of asking for help, making space, figuring out those blocks of time where you're doing something else and sort of swapping it for your art time. If this creative practice is important to you, and if following your intention to develop your portfolio or develop your style is really important, you'll make that time for yourself. And it's not easy all the time, is it, Ross?
0: No, I've got a lot of problems at the moment. I'm doing everything to avoid painting, which is just ironic. And I do know that our listeners will understand, even though I love it so much, it is sometimes hard to show up for myself. And that's like, I think that's just a really big, uh, what's the word? Just a big theme for many of our listeners. I'm sure I'm not the only one.
1: It's women, women in particular too, because you're so giving to everyone else and your priority is sort of maybe fall down the list <laughs> because you yeah, you're giving to everyone else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then it makes me cranky with myself. But anyway, Two things that I have tried which have helped when I um, to put them into application, number one is the Jerry Seinfeld approach, which you might have heard of, which is having a calendar and every day that you make some art or do something with your art practice, you put a cross on the calendar and the idea is that you never break your crosses. Okay, that's one idea, yeah. And then the other one is that on your wall planner, if you have a wall planner, highly recommend by the way, You can plot out all the art prizes you want to enter on there as well. So do do that if you're going to take your art seriously. You can put on every day, every relevant day of the week, you can put the number of hours that you spent making your art. And it just helps you to see what you are doing. So two different approaches that might help our listeners.
1: Yeah, that's really like helpful, practical advice, actually. I might try the crossing thing. I've never heard of that before.
0: Yeah, it's a Ger- Jerry Seinfeld thing. Apparently I've heard it on multiple podcast episodes and
1: I've heard it around. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Never heard of it. So number three is showing up and doing the work and understanding what motivates you. So this goes, it carries on perfectly from this, the scheduling and prioritization step. So what motivates you, Roz? So usually for me, it's external.
0: And I do wonder if most women are like that. So external. So I have a thing about number one, doing what I say I'm going to do as long as I can. Sometimes I'm not always able to do that because I get excited and I overpromise things, but I do try my darndest. So yeah, doing what I say I'm going to do. So if I say to someone I'm going to have their, I have artwork to a gallery by this date, I need to do that and I will do that. So that will be my priority. Yeah. So other people and then values-based. So it's the integrity side of things. And then what was the other one? Oh, the other day I had a art gig, which I'm not allowed to share publicly yet, but I was almost certain that I had the job. I still am almost certain that I have the job and I had to create an artwork for it and I would be paid for it. So that made me turn up and to make the artwork, essentially a
1: commission job. Yeah. So that was incentive motivation. So like, what incentive do you have to following through and doing the work?
0: I wonder if following through, by the way, and the integrity
1: value-based thing
0: relates to people-pleasing.
1: It could be because that's sort of like a a social, that's a social motivator, isn't it? Other people are relying on you. So that could come in. But um, back to the incentive, like, so that's monetary. But also I thought with the incentive motivation, pleasure like so um helps you feel relaxed and so if you've got in your mind oh I really need to do my creative practice today and you get that relaxation or you it makes you feel happy it's uh really builds on your well-being then that could be an incentive for you yeah what what motivates you Laura uh, for me um a deadline a deadline <laughs> yes
0: Yeah. So you've got your exhibition coming up, for example, right?
1: Yeah, I've got my exhibition. So having that external deadline, that really helps me to focus and make art. And I used to beat myself up about not making art all the time or not being a prolific artist, not having a daily practice. But I realised I'm the sort of artist that works in cycles or bursts and that's okay. You can work in different ways. And, you know, I'm still getting the work done. I've still like created many series of beautiful artworks and sold lots of works from those sort of condensed uh, blocks of creative time. So yeah, I think that, you know, there are different ways of working, there are different motivations, and it's about figuring out how you work best.
0: And not, yeah, knowing yourself and respecting yourself, not beating yourself up for being who you are, which by the way, Laura, this is making me think maybe you're not best suited for the Seinfeld cross every single day. Maybe you're better suited for the, yeah, don't do that to yourself. That sounds like it's not going to be your jam. Please don't set yourself (laughs) up for um,
1: upset. (laughs) No, it could motivate me in, in like this exhibition planning mode because you do get a little kick out of like ticking things off. Like I love writing to do lists and checking things off. So I feel like that would be a motivator for me. Just
0: don't make it an ongoing thing. Otherwise, next episode will be, <laughs> I'll be counseling you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do we have? So we've been chatting about showing up, knowing your motivations. What is it that motivates you? And it might be, a few different categories there that we shared that might be relevant to you as our listeners. And then we also have showing up perhaps to build a portfolio of work. Tell me about portfolios just for our listeners in case they're not across it. How do you define an art portfolio, Laura? Because I have my own take on this.
1: Well, when I was in high school, I was building a portfolio for submission at, to universities. So it's showing your like range of skills. And I'd say in this instance, it might not be range of skills and mediums and styles if you're already set on working in a, a specific theme. So there's a couple of different ways that I'd sort of think of building a portfolio.
0: So it's important to know the purpose of the portfolio. Why are you creating this? So You know, in the context of many people that I chat with, the purpose would be to get your art in front of galleries, for example. And in that case, and feel free to argue with me, Laura, but in that case, I would say you do want to be presenting fairly consistently. You don't want to be showing them your charcoal nudes and your moody landscapes in the oils because that's just confusing. But if you are putting a portfolio together to go to some sort of a university or something like that, and might be a different, different situation.
1: Yeah, I definitely say that. But I think what we're talking about in this episode of the podcast is really digging in, developing your style, creating a volume of work that has like a similar thread or a conversation running through it and really diving deeper into that technique and really exploring all your your different marks and what you enjoy and what you're inspired by and the materials you enjoy working with and maybe figuring out who you are within the art world, within the, like how you would describe your work, what other artists from history or art movements that you're drawn to and draw influence from in your professional practice. And I've actually created a guide which would be kind of helpful. It's called Crafting Your Artist Statement. And it's all about like that self-discovery. There's lots of prompts and sort of things that you might want to sort of think about and consider and sort of dive deeper when you're talking about your artwork. And that might help inform your actual like practical practice, like painting practice or whatever you're working on.
0: So you can go and get that over on Laura's website at laurajaneday.com stroke free. Is that right, Laura? Mm -hmm. That's correct. But also I feel like this is a good time to drop in this little side note, which we really wanted to flag today, which was, is that um, we're not looking at any of this, finding your style and finding your influences and working out, you know, what materials are your main sort of inspiration from a perfectionist perspective angle. Okay. So all of this is evolving and should be, in my opinion, Laura, you can debate with me again, but in my opinion, it should be forever, forever evolving because we are growing humans forevermore. And if you look back at all the greats, their artworks evolved as well, and their styles evolved, and that should be happening for you as well. So when you go and grab Laura's Crafting Your Artist Statement download, which is free over on her website, don't be looking at that like you have to get it right. It has to be absolutely perfect. It's just going to be a starting point. And then you can revisit it, I'm sure, a little bit down the track and revise and then revisit and revise and revisit and revise so that it is relevant to the
1: current you as an artist. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say rant over. (laughs) I I, I definitely agree. Yeah. This is a fluid process. And we're different people in different phases in our lives. Like we change. What is it? Our cells recycle and regenerate every seven years. Like we're evolving human beings, our interests and our life circumstances change. So there's different seasons in our life. And I think that can be reflected in our art practice as well. Yeah. So that rigid mindset of like, I'm stuck in this, this box, like don't think that you have to like have it all figured out and you know really like stay in a certain lane, keep it open and like explore the things that you're interested in. But if the purpose is to approach a gallery or have a series of work that you want to have represented or apply for art prizes or you want to become known for a certain style, then that's what we're sort of talking about in relation to to this development of style.
0: And if you do want to go and watch my free masterclass on how to find your unique art style, you can go and do that. It's a video um, masterclass with me and it's a recording and I take you through how you can look at your art to date, how you can locate your style and then what you can do with it once you've found it. So that's over at my website, wwwpermission co stroke style and it's completely free. And I would absolutely love to help you to find your style without sacrificing your creativity and without being boxed and without being limited, because there is a way to overcome all of those hurdles.
1: So this is sort of the stage where you're playing, creating, learning, discovering who you are. So it's a fun phase, but from the learning, we sort of have to like put it into practice too. And I feel like some people can get stuck in that perpetual learning and gaining information and more and more information and then not in like the nitty gritty of like figuring figuring that out. So we sort of the next stage is sort of the reflection stage. Did you want to cover that part, Ros?
0: Yeah, definitely. So we've just mentioned that it's important to reflect. You might do some journaling. You might talk with your believing mirrors as well just to, you know, sort of take that step back and look at your art to date, look at your art practice and to reflect on what you're trying to say through your art and just to really sort of develop a sense of who you are as an artist on a deeper sort of more emotional and sort of purposed, purpose level really. And this is when you might develop your artist CV, your artist bio, you might do that the artist statement guide from Laura and develop an understanding of your identity which remember will evolve, but it's really important to take this time to think about that. This again, you know, may may take time. Another little side note here as well, before my brain forgets, is that a lot of people that might be listening will be thinking, might be thinking that they can't share their art on Instagram or on with anybody until they have found their style, found their voice, found their identity, feel confident calling themselves an artist publicly. What would you say about that one,
1: Laura? No, I'd say share the process, share the journey. I think it's a really great way to get feedback. And as some people can reflect really interesting things and responses back about your art, too. So I'm um, taking that brave pill, putting it out there, and putting it out there maybe when it's not finished, putting it out there when you've only done your underpainting layer. I think it's really interesting and, you know, you can create a following that way as well. But also that feedback and the comments will really help, especially if you like don't have a physical active like artist community around you. And also like if you're a self-taught artist that may not have gone uh, to art school, you n- might not be like sort of aware of like, you know, when we're in art school, we have our peers and our tutors in critique. So we'd exhibit our work when the work was due and we'd talk about the art. And sometimes that would be really helpful because you would get different people's responses back of like how they felt about your artwork. And it can be really helpful to get people's feedback, surround yourself with other people that can sort of feedback to you.
0: That is a very good point. And I think what was I thinking about this whole Instagram sharing business? You want people to come on the journey with you. And I also want to say, in all of my Instagram, like years, I don't know how many years it's been, three, four, something like that. I have literally not once received
1: a negative comment. Have you? Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. In relation to my art, no, it's all been like lovely and positive. And I think that's, other artists follow other artists on Instagram and we're all out there with the same like purpose and mission just to put our um creativity out there so it can actually be very rewarding and fulfilling to become a part of that
0: yeah and i think the public is nicer than you think they
1: are i guess is what
0: i guess i remember being very nervous that feedback might come back and it might be a bit mean and the But never have I or you experienced that. So, yeah, do it anyway. Chap and Nike, do it anyway. Just do it. So we did want to share. That's the the last of our sort of pointers um, for, for developing your sort of art practice and style and identity. But we did want to share the key takeaway that we want you to have from this particular podcast episode, which is the importance of having a really clear vision and knowing your direction As an artist, so your success is actually all about your intention and then your commitment to that intention. So you can take the slow route to get where you want to go, or you can take the fast lane. It doesn't actually matter, but knowing your direction, your goals, and showing up so you actually do the beautiful art making work is what will give you that traction that you're after. So, yeah, intention setting is the number one step, Laura.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just gaining that clarity. So, Yeah, I guess, you know, there's things that could come up along the way, especially in terms of your mindset. But yeah, just being gentle with yourself. Like it's not a rush in that personal discovery phase. It takes time. So showing up is the most important bit, isn't it? Like showing up for yourself.
0: Yeah. And sharing. And I feel like the sharing while you're on the journey is also a key part because if you can manage to do that, it means that you're not stuck in that perfectionist space. So I would actually prioritize that one as well. So throughout the episode today, Laura and I also dropped a couple of free downloads. So if you didn't manage to catch those URLs, I'll quickly share them again because we feel like this would really help you out. So Laura has her guide on crafting your artist statement, which is over on her website at www.laurajaneday.com, stroke free. And then I have my style masterclass, how to find your unique art style over at www.permissiontopaint.co stroke style. And the reason, Laura, I'm reading this out is that, did you know, only 1% of podcast listeners read the show notes?
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's easier for you to get the clickable link, then <laughs> go into the show notes <laughs> and find us there. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate you reading that out, Ross. That's all right. So thank you everyone for today for listening. If there's anything that we didn't cover today for some
0: reason, or you have some questions on what we've touched on, please let us know by dropping us a DM over on Instagram, which is where we both love to hang out. And that way we can cover it in a future episode. Reviews. Oh, I haven't logged in to check reviews this week, Laura.
1: Shall we leave it to the next one?
0: All right. All right. Should we encourage people to leave a new review?
1: Yes, we should encourage people to leave a new review. We love hearing your feedback and gives us a confidence boost and we know that we're going on the right path. So (laughs) definitely. Let us know how you're finding the episode, if you found it useful. And like Roz said before, any feedback and questions, we would love to hear as well. So for a review,
0: you can either leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us five stars on Spotify. And that just helps us also to reach other artists and help them on their journey. So That would be amazing. If you would be willing to do that, we would be forever grateful. Oh, also, we do like to read out your Instagram handle and give you a bit of a shout out as well. So if you do leave us some feedback, make sure you remember to leave your Instagram handle in the comment where you leave the review so we can shout you out and then hopefully get you a couple of extra followers. Good tip. Yay. All right. (laughs) Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.